back and back and back and back and back without learning a few things. Now, one of the things you would think that the psychic and the control like shit would know is that love should be love. And you should know. I should feel it. I should just know that everything's right. But God doesn't make us Our soul doesn't care if we're challenged. In fact, when we're challenged, our soul lights up and says, now, now you can get it. So one of the things that was really hard for me was love. I, I just didn't get it. Everything was color for me. People's colors changed and their emotions changed. And I kind of stayed the same in this, this bubble of light, which was always with me and around me. And I thought, everybody. And then I started to see. I got operations. I got the first hard contact lenses that were ever created in Canada for anybody under the age of 21. And life opened up. And there were things that I didn't see that I saw now. And there are feelings that I have that I never felt. And I thought that love was infinite and in every moment. And it was a jigsaw puzzle for me. And it was kind of like that ego in the air, hunting and hunting and seeing fish and dying and eating and living. And okay, that's, that's what it's supposed You know, pray, eat, love, hunt, love, eat. It, it, it goes together. The first part of my puzzle, because love is a jigsaw puzzle. You know, like the gnarly one your grandmother gave you with all the colors. We all look the same. I was pretty partial to history, British history. Never knew why. I, I hadn't really figured out my past lives then. And so I liked knights and castles and shining lights and forests and all those wonderful things that made you feel like a princess. And in my era, these gray hairs didn't come easy. Everyone came from loving or finding out I was not loving. And it was tough. It started with my dad. My dad was a great man. He was the first corner. You know in a puzzle? Everybody knows you start with the corner pieces, you get all the straight lines, and you build to the center. And that golden moment is when you put that last sparkly piece in. No! And then you break it all and start again. Well, that's kind of what love was like for me. Every piece, starting with my father, was like the corner that built around, and I went to the middle. Yet I never found that piece in the middle. There was always something missing. My dad was a great guy. He was French Canadian. He loved to eat, laugh. He also loved to drink and gamble. He was undereducated, sent away from home at 14 to work and spend money back in the dirty grades. My mom was overeducated, three degrees. My dad had grade nine education. He always felt inferior about his life and his education. My mom had three degrees. She told him that she married him for his PhD life and his passion for it. And that's kind of what happened to me. I followed the same trajectory. Once I found my sight and my voice and my passion, 
I realized that my parents' life was really kind of broken. They loved each other, but they fought. There was a lot of abuse, verbal and physical, and it was painful. I couldn't watch it happening. I couldn't go and stay in another motel with my mom and my baby sister and my brother one more night. And so, you know, I looked around. And what was there? The boy next door. Except he wasn't really the boy next door. He was kind of like the older boy next door. He was six years older than me. He'd been there all my life, a few doors down. He'd lost his dad early in life. And only had his mom, who was hardworking, raising three kids alone. And he really loved my dad. My dad was a hunter, a fisherman, a cowboy. He rode, he danced, he climbed, he sang, he played guitar. He called the animals. I can do that now. I didn't know it then. And he would bring every animal he wanted into a room. And that was magical. And he'd also drink and gamble and beat up my brother, yell at my mother. And still I loved him. I loved him because he taught me to walk when I called him. I loved him because he hung me on his back and swam miles in chain lanes. And I couldn't stand living with him any longer. And I left. Now let me tell you about that was the learning curve, how I learned about love. And so it happened. At nine, Peter, the boy next door, told me I was beautiful. And at 12, he told me, I'm going to marry you someday. And at 18, he came back. And he did. And it didn't last. Because I loved him for the same reasons I loved my brother. And he abused me. And he raped me. And I left. And I was strong. I was woman. Helen Ray was playing and dating himself the very first game. And then along one more time, husband number two. He was the exact opposite. He was kind and studious and hardworking and educated. And I married him when he traveled the world and we had two beautiful children. He screwed around on me with my best friend after he talked me into buying their business. And I went back to a town that I'd gone to and come back and to a comeback for over five, 15, 20 years. And in the interim, I had all those cancers and near deaths and everything else. And suddenly I thought, where's the, where's the fourth piece of the puzzle? What's happening here? I wanted to go home. I bought a place in the hills of Beaver Mines near Pincher Creek, town I'd left five times and still came back to. And while I was buying that town, that, that property, Somebody was bidding against me, and I didn't understand it. They said, that's some crazy Englishman from St. Albert. A few years later, that crazy Englishman became a client. I didn't really know him, but I knew his wife, and she was beautiful. She was also dying for 14 years. She had a pulmonary disease, and her lungs were filling up with scar tissue. And this man stood by his side, and the town just watched, and they just thought, man, he's incredible. He just, he just does it all. And I thought, wow, what a person. But I didn't really know him. His wife became a good friend. We met over a sledgehammer in the co-op. I was going through the divorce of my second husband. who screwed around with my best friend. And I was feeling a little angry, like really angry. And I, I, I couldn't really, you know, murder anybody or do anything 
like that. I felt like it. I really did feel like it. Own your feelings. So I thought, I'll just renovate my little house. I'll tear down the wall and build a bigger bathroom. So I went to the co-op in Pinchot Creek, running around the corner, and I went to grab a sledgehammer. And this little blonde, this high, this high, Debbie was her name. She said, what do you need this for? Because I need it. And I said, well, I'm going through a bad time. I really want to kill someone. So I think I'll just smash a wall and build a new room. She said, Pip, you got a sledgehammer. I got Frank. You win. I said, oh, okay. A few years later, we were great friends. There were clients of mine. And then I left. After we left for five years, then one day, and she always kept in touch. She always called me. She always told me what was happening in the town, who was growing up, who graduated, who got married, who died, what they were doing. And I did a lot of things. I helped my mom when I was dying. I had another couple of partners in between. We were Mr. Good Enough to write down, but nobody knows I didn't do them. And then I got the call. Debbie's gone. She died. Would you come to the funeral? I said, of course. Now gather up all the other people who have Pitch Creek living in the city I was living in. And we'll come. And my particular friend's name is Rosie. Rosie said, I can't be there. Give her my love and tell her if he ever wants to come up and see the game on Calvary. We all know what it's like to lose someone. Her husband had been crushed in a hate machine. So she knew what it was like to lose. And uh, I went to the funeral. Here's the thing about being psychic, you know? I knew that Debbie died before I got the call because she showed up and she said, Hey, I said, Oh my God, I'm dead. And she said, Yeah, I didn't make it. And I thought I had more time, but I didn't. And I said, Okay, so why, why are you here? And she said, Well, she said, It's all about the boots. And she gave me a long message that I was to give to Frank after the funeral. Because she thought she had more time, and she needed time to tell her. So I'm in my Ivory Tower office, in my executive job, and I'm typing this email. Okay, this is going to be weird. I'm just going to send this email, and hope he gets it. No, I don't have to talk to him about it at the funeral. Well, the power of the note, he didn't get the email. I get to the funeral, and um, I'm talking. And I said, did you get the email about the booth? He goes, booth? No. But Debbie talked a lot about you, you know? She said you were a real person. I said, oh, that's, that's great. I said, hey, Rosie's can't be here. She sends her love. Come up and see us anytime. We'll, you know, take her around to Calgary. Let you see the game. Eventually, when you're ready, we'll push some beautiful mom girls on you, but you know that we're just like Debbie. <laughs> sure. Beautiful, blonde. And uh, we did that for a while. He came to visit me, and I was very, right? He's such a lovely gentleman, so English, such a knight in shiny armor. And I thought, wow, this is really a, a nice guy. And I was still pushing my friends out of him because I was never, ever, ever going to marry or be involved with more than a pair of socks I could throw out the door with him again. Never. The day I was wearing my mother's old, ratty, moldy bathrobe, 
I hadn't shaved my legs in six weeks because it was winter and I was wearing pantsuits. I wasn't sleeping with anybody or dating anybody, so who needed to shave their legs, right? So that's an extra layer of warmth. I get cold easy. So I'm drinking hot coffee. He's staying in my place. Rosie's coming over to go for brunch with us. We're going to throw another girl at him to see if he's interested. And uh, he says, I, I, I'm tired of this. Don't, I, I don't want to see Sherry or Susie or Sally or any of these other beautiful, educated women you're throwing at me. Um, I, I'm not interested. And I said, oh, is it, is it too soon, too much? And she was dying for 14 years. And he said, yeah, I know. We, we said our goodbyes. We did it all in that. But I'm, I'm not interested. And I said, oh, okay. Are you gay? And he said, no. And I said, okay. So what's up? And he said, well, I really am interested in somebody else. And I said, oh. Oh, who's that? And he said, well, I'm drinking hot coffee in my mother's moldy robe, in my mother's blue velcro slippers. And, he's, and, and my hair is bleh, no makeup, nothing. And he says, well, actually, it's, it's you. Hot coffee, all over, all over. And I said, are you nuts? That, that's crazy. And he said, well, that actually wasn't the reaction I was hoping for. He said, you're really kind of dense, aren't you? He said, well, what do you mean? He said, I've been taking you out for dinner. You know, I let my dog come in and poop all over your Persian carpet and cleaned it. An old 15-year-old dog. And uh, I, I, I just really kind of like to see what this would be like. And he said, no, 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 never. And he said, oh, come on. One one dinner, one like just us, not not the gang, not Rosie, not Sherry, not Sally, not Sue, just just the just us. Let's go and let's let's talk. We we talked a lot about everything in the sun except our relationship. And uh, we went for breakfast. We came back and I said, No, you know, I I have thought about this, you know, I you know, I don't want to wreck a good friendship. I don't want to get involved and go through all that crying. I'm really happy. I'm self-sufficient. I've got a great job. I've got a retirement. I've got all that stuff sewed up, and I get to travel the world. So why would I take a chance on not getting this? Because it's love. And if you don't take a chance, you never know. Because you finally find that one. And I said, well, you have Debbie. She was the one. He said, no, I, I haven't. I have for 30 years. And it was beautiful. And it was also sometimes god-awful. It was love. It, 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 it moved. It went up, it went down, it went sideways. But it moved. And then it was over. And we had a long time to say goodbye and come to terms with that. And I'm ready. I'm ready, and I really know what I want. And all I want is for you to want it too. You think you can stretch yourself that way? And I said, no. No, no, can't do it. He said, well, all right. How about this? One kiss. One kiss. And if there's no sparks, there's nothing, we just go back to being Frank and Donna, friends forever, and you can push anybody you want at me and I'll try it up. 
I said, Pepper, the, the geriatric blind deaf dog that she my car is walking around me in circles saying, get this over. I want to go home. I'm tired. So we danced around, walked around and around and around my little car in circles for a while. And finally I walked into the door. And this was the darkest. When I think about it, my knees still go weak. When he kisses me, my knees still go weak. Shake. Just think of it. He's the most amazing thing. And the first two husbands, and the Mr. Good Enoughs from right now, they were all sticking stones, pieces in the puzzle that taught me more about me than I ever could learn polio, or cancer, or dying, or coming back. Those are all very illuminating experiences, and I, I, I teach a lot about them. But it was the love, and it was finding that perfect soulmate late in life. 54. Who starts at 54? And you know what? That taught me that nothing, nothing is impossible. He's my knight in shiny armor, and I'm his pearl. And at our wedding, our daughters were our best women, and they walked us up, and they stood beside us, and they spoke at the reception 17 years ago, and they said, wow. My daughter said, wow, my mom finally figured out the jigsaw puzzle of love. She found her center. And we are family. And his daughter said, I think Donna saved my dad's life. I didn't know he was dying until I saw him with her. And now he's alive with me. And, and I got to have the sister that I always wanted, but I never had. And they held hands and they sang, We are family. And it was like, all those little pieces that you see today, they can do the technology, see all the pieces moving around and just coming together. You hear the click. That's the last piece to see. And you know, there is some love is supposed to be to some And sometimes you get it right and figure it out right away. Sometimes you gotta play with all the pieces and they get pretty normal. And some of them get bent and twisted and disappear. There's always a center. You choose it when you lose it. And that's the jigsaw puzzle of it. Thank you.